previously on Downton Abbey, Isis the dog died. Rest in peace. Edith got Marigold back and is happy at the manor with her. Atticus proposed to Lady Rose and they're going to get married. And Lady Mary resolved her ongoing love affair with Gillingham because Charles Blake helped out. So we'll see where everyone goes this week on the penultimate episode of season five. Pictures of last night ended up online. I'm screwed. Oh well. It's a blacked out blur, but I'm pretty sure it ruled. Damn. Last Friday night. Yeah, we danced on tabletops. And we took too many shots. Think we kissed, but I forgot. Last Friday night. Yeah, we mixed our credit cards. And you kicked out of the bar. So we hit the boulevard. Last Friday night. We and hello. We, we're back after a week off. Yes, a much-needed week off. Hope you all had a great Easter. Yes, a blessed Easter. Yep. Yeah, that was the first weekend I spent back in New York in a month. I actually did the math this year. Out of the 15, 16 weeks of this year, I've only spent three in New York where I live. Well? Uh, the weekends, rather. That's I've only spent three weekends out of this year. Yeah, anyways... It's all we got to do a live episode from New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get our fans out there. Then a lot of it, yeah, has been coming back to, to Connecticut to record these episodes. So, oh boy! So all you listeners, <laughs> doing it for you. Appreciate. <laughs> I I've spent hundreds of dollars now commuting back to Connecticut. You, you hear that, listeners? <laughs> it's commitment. It's commitment. Oh, so uh, you know, we re- referenced recently on the podcast that there was a movie coming out with Elizabeth McGovern, written by Julian Fellows. Yeah, we had no real idea when the release date was. We we thought it was late April. We thought it was actually yesterday that was coming out we were wrong it's it's been in theaters for a few weeks and i think we missed it so uh, i think yeah i think it's gone well yeah I, I think so so we're gonna have to catch it on vod the chaperone starring elizabeth McGo- elizabeth mcgovern we're gonna have to catch up on that i have a you. feeling a movie of that nature will be on vod soon well it's, it's also produced by pbs so i imagine it'll probably be streaming on pbs soon enough so is that free do they have a free streaming service i think so there's a, there's an app on it for uh for because yeah, you can't there's no real pbs is free yeah, it's public broadcasting, so uh, hopefully we can catch up on that one. Speaking of broadcasting, what's up? We got a new. We have entered into the new millennium. Oh, yeah, another milestone. We're on Spotify. Yeah, finally. And this is something I kept pushing for. Like we need to do, and then just never. We just thought it would be a harder process than it was. Yeah, I know it's very difficult for musicians to get their their music on Spotify. Yeah, but not not for us apparently. No, all we had to do was just submit our RSS feed, uh, agree to some legal document, and then we're on there. Hopefully, did you did you comb through the legal document? N- not particularly. I think they just get access to our data too that we get in terms of okay. listens, which is like send it to to our to Kevin, Kevin who oh our legal our, our legal counsel. Well, that was the thing is there's this uh, podcast service called. Uh, was it listenable or something? Oh, Luminary. It's this new podcast app, Luminary, where you can pay to have this podcasting app. Um, I don't know. It's something where you pay it and it goes to the podcast owners or something. But either way, so they're hosting the podcast without using the RSS feeds. They're storing the information on their, their servers. So people are actually requesting to get their podcast removed from there. So I think we may need to contact our legal counsel, Kevin, for a cease and Are assist. we on Luminary? We are. And it's like one of huh. those... Yeah, they're just pulling people's RSS and storing it on their server. So 
If you're listening, if you're a listener listening through that, don't listen to it because yeah, then we stop. don't know if you're listening or not. <laughs> you owe us some money if you are. I, I don't know. I want to go that far, but uh, do join our Patreon for one month in the one dollar tier. Yeah, and we'll we'll call it square. Yeah, I, I know we keep pushing towards <laughs> advertising one day if that were to ever happen. We only got ten episodes left. <laughs> yeah, of the show. yeah, yeah. So we're gonna really monetize that last episode when it comes. <laughs> Get like twenty five dollars. Just from need every Dollar Shave Club. That's all we get as a quarter to our names, but uh, yeah, every stream matters. So, so I have a intre- like a f- interesting story. Okay, Downton related. Yeah. So I was playing a gig last week at a dive bar. Okay. And when you play a lot of sports bars or dive bars, they have like twenty five TVs. Mm-hmm. And when you're playing at like midnight, there's no sports on, so they just leave whatever channel the sports were was on or were on. Yeah. So I'm watching this show. It's like a procedural, mm-hmm. and I'm like, somebody's on the screen. And I'm thinking, who is it? And I'm thinking it's someone from like a Marvel movie because I'm trying to catch up on all the Marvel movies before Endgame. Yeah. And then I'm like, who is this? And I'm going through my, is somebody from Game of Thrones? Is it somebody from Barry? Is it somebody from one of these shows that I'm watching? And it was Julian Ovenden, Charles Blake. (laughs) And the show was Person of Interest. Oh, okay. All right. Was he singing? I couldn't see. I couldn't hear. Okay. So I'm like playing music, trying to figure out the plot of this show. But I realized watching like on mute and like half paying attention, well, like more like a third paying attention. I'm barely, you know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to play my music. Do your job. I'm. It's like he's a really good like dapper bad guy. Yeah, I know he's the nicer of the two. He looks like a Bond suitors. villain, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. He's, he's like a Bond villain. He's a schemer. Exactly like a Bond villain. Yeah. And on the subject of Bond and spies. I tweeted about this a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. but next week we have a very special episode of this show. Yeah. We gave away a copy of this graphic novel mm-hmm. called Agent Gates and the Secret Adventures of Devonton Abbey. Mm-hmm. And it's a parody of Downton Abbey about Mr. Bates, Agent Gates, you know, nobody mm-hmm. has their real names, being a parody, a Bond esque spy. Mm-hmm. And. We're going to review it next week. Yeah, I'm excited to get into it. So this book is by uh, Cameron Subia Mm -hmm. and Kyle Hilton. Mm -hmm. So if you have not seen our tweet, if you're hearing this now, we highly recommend. I think both of us thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, we will talk about it in in great depth next week. Mm -hmm. But if you want to, I don't know if they have it on PDF anywhere that you could download it. Mm Mm-hmm. Or just look on Amazon, buy it. Like, yeah. please support this kind of stuff. I know it's six years old at this point, yeah. but it is fantastic. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be fun to discuss it. Yeah, so... But let's get to why we're here. It is season five, episode eight. Mm-hmm. Is it episode eight? Episode, episode eight. Yeah. Yes. I couldn't find the timeline of this episode. Really? I didn't really look too far. I have the Wikipedia page. I should have mm-hmm. looked at the, fan, the Downton Wiki. Yeah. But... I couldn't find... There was no exact time frame on this. Right. Which is really perplexing considering where the the episode begins. Uh, Where does the episode uh, begin again? The episode begins with them getting ready for a wedding. Right. But we've had one very vague proposal (laughs) and one proposal gone a little awry or one engagement go potentially going awry see so this is where we go back to our conversation from last time where i seem more sure of the proposal than you 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 thought lady rose was a little bit skeptical of it i was like no i think they're going to get married and look here here we are it it can't have been that long after the last episode because lord grantham is still consulting tombstones for isis 
Yeah. And so, you know, you know Robert wasn't sleeping on that. He was probably trying to get taken, that taken care of immediately. So mm-hmm. it can't well, be. Uh, yeah, it can't be too long. But I think yeah. uh, both of us were a little wrong about that. Because I, I said Rose was being uh, cautious about her mm-hmm. timeline. And no, she wasn't. And you yeah. said she was concerned. She was going to convert to Judaism. And no. The, <laughs> they bring that up this episode though about her like uh getting some learnings from the synagogue so maybe maybe we'll see our jewish rose what's yeah, her I mean, cinderby or no Cin- is it i mean her family is atticus a is it flood oh Fletcher? his family is atticus cinderby uh i don't know they say his name in this one and it's just like it's not atticus finch no it's just what his mom had called him atticus and then they went with that um so, so, do you want to just get into that? I feel like that is the meat of the episode. That takes up the lion's share of the, the hour. And just a note: the opening credits. It kind of stings out a little bit to see ISIS uh, wagging its tail uh, on the way to the manor. Um, you know, I know she just died last week, but it's a little awkward just to see the the dog again walking up to the manor because you know she's not doing it. Well, like we we've discussed before. Yeah. Is is it ISIS the whole time, or is ISIS like the second or third dog? <laughs> It's fair. Because ISIS fair. was a great-looking 13-year-old dog, if that was the case. I mean, I'm sure they fed her, fed her well, you know? That's true. But they have a ton of dogs. Do they? <laughs> yeah, they do, because they, when they hunt, there's one episode where they show like all the dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who let the dogs out that episode? <laughs> they probably got the dog man. They got a pig man. That's true. That's true. All right, so yeah, there's a wedding going on. It's Rose and Atticus. Mm-hmm. Feels like it's moving fast. Uh, just... You know, from her being on the season for show for two seasons, you know we have two daughters who are currently not married, and then we have Lady Rose getting married already. You know, yep. even even you know Mary getting married to Matthew it didn't happen until the beginning of season three, and here we are. But I guess that shows how guess, how that Rose is not like a uh, tier one character. <laughs> She's like the top tier two character yeah and i guess she didn't have world war one getting in the way of a potential marriage too so and uh lavinia swire yeah there wasn't none of that uh so yeah they're dressing her up to go to london and why do they have to go to london because they're having a courthouse wedding yeah her parents couldn't have left uh london for some reason they they just there was some legal reason they just couldn't leave there right That's i don't they, i i thought they quickly referenced like they, they were her, just caught up being I, there. i hate uh susan and and i like shrimpy but this whole situation it's mm. so frustrating that i'm like uh no you know no no thanks yeah. i don't need to my brain doesn't need to be all on these people right so as we see in this episode where yeah, we, we see Rose's parents again for the second time, uh, Shrimpy and Sue, who are very unhappy after coming back from India. Uh, they're still on the rocks, and the, it doesn't look like it's going... Yep. They're, they're being separated. They show up to the Crawley house in London, and they find out they're going to have to sleep in the same room. Yeah. And Susan is not thrilled. Robert says, I knew she'd be trouble. <laughs> saying that about his uh, sister, right? Cousin. Cousin. Yeah, yeah. Well, But it, it is funny that... They've they've painted Shrimpy as such a like a helpful, you know, down on his luck guy. guy, yeah. But then Susan's the blood relative, right? Right. It's funny they have Shrimpy in this episode, and not once does he talk to Violet about Kurtigan or the princess, even though he supposedly was helping to you know mm-hmm. locate her. He's, he's got more important things to do this week. That's he's got to give away his daughter. That's true. Uh, so um, yeah, there's a big dinner scene where we see the cinder bees and we see you know. Sue and uh, Shrimpy, and 
they don't quite see uh seem like they're on the same page about what to do with Rose and her being a Jewish person and divorce and all these things that come up with I guess married life and Yeah, uh, so it's it is it's Flincher. Is that Atticus, is it Susan Flincher or Atticus Flincher? What do you mean? That's the <laughs> the name I have in the notes. Is Atticus's last name is not Cinderby. Oh, it's yeah. like Lord Grantham is not Robert. Yeah, Grantham. I think it's Flincher. You're correct. Yeah. So he wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't be Susan Flincher because she's the mother of Rose. Well, yeah. So yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't even really know. Who I don't, cares? Yeah. Shrimpy's the. They're all lords, and uh, mm-hmm. somebody's going to give us a one star review on iTunes for not knowing the correct <laughs> titles. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So the this Lord and Lady Cinderby. We're Lord Cinderby. Mm-hmm. This guy who is. Uh, what was he? Is he in Game of Thrones? He's in Game of Thrones. Yeah. He is. He's, is he Sam's dad? Yeah, he's Sam's dad in Game of Thrones, so he hates divorce. Right, he thinks that it uh, signifies weakness, degradation, scandal, and failure. That I mean, maybe back then. I think this is (laughs) the most Julian Fellows way to make conflict. Well, I mean, it's realistic, you know, given the time. It is realistic, but I feel like in a dinner discussion where it's like, "Well, what is your deal breaker?" Well. My deal breaker's divorce. It's like, <laughs> r- come on now, really? Like, we, I'm sure everybody hates divorce. Well, it doesn't, it seems true to his character. He seems like a, a hard as nails guy, you know, who really is proud of his, you know, Jewish background and, you know, what they've worked to achieve. And so he's, I think he's just very prideful, you know? And, and so when he, they ask him, he's a very honest to God guy, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't find it that out of place, but it definitely is there to stir the pot. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is a very fallowsy. Plot. It is realistic, yeah. but it is extreme. Yeah. There's obviously Shrimpy and Susan are mm-hmm. trying to keep things on the rocks. Trying to keep things on the rocks. In well, the in public. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to keep it like on lock. Yeah. Especially yeah. when they find that out. It's like, whoa. Oh, yeah. They can't know about that. Uh, but Sue doesn't seem to approve of this marriage as much as Lord Cinderby doesn't. Uh, Lord Cinderby is, you know, doesn't like that she's Jewish and Sue well, doesn't want her marrying a, a Jewish person. She doesn't like that she's not Jewish. That's what I just said, yeah. Well, you said she's Jewish. Yeah, Lord Cinderby doesn't like that she's not Jewish. Well, you said she is Jewish. Did I? Yeah. You just slip re- of the tongue. And you referred to Cinderby as a she. Well, Lady Cinderby. Oh, okay. All right. Well, who's on first? Yep. <laughs> okay. So Lord Cinderby is just not happy because he wants that, you know, the generational legacy. He says, mm-hmm. you know, by the time you're going to have grandkids, they're not going to be Jewish. Right. And Atticus is like, we're going to raise them with both faiths. Yeah. They're going to know everything. And he's a bit of a grump about it. It's like, it's like yeah, they're going to be more cultured. And the dad's like, mm, do they have to be? Come on. He wants man. those purebreds. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Sue doesn't agree with this either. Lady Rose's mo- mother. She She's like, come on. They're like, you know, we raised you to not buy into a family like this kind of or something like that. She's just not approving of it. So what do they do? There's going to be a stag party for Atticus. Yep. The Jewish money, I guess. They they reference it in the episode. I, I'm not just saying that. Uh, just going to... Because, right? What are stag parties, Dave? Stag Well, stag parties, I think that's just like a bachelor party. Yeah. Nowadays, a stag party is like a fundraiser. Right. For money. But well, this is just a, essentially a bachelor party. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lady there yep. who, who seems to be having a, a fun time with Atticus but he's a good guy. He's he's faithful to Rose. So mm-hmm. when she offers to go up to his room, he's like, nah, 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 nah. It happens once in the elevator, uh-huh. and then he takes his shirt off. Yeah, and there's a knock on the door, and it's the, it's the same lady. Yeah, 
and it, she pulls her dress like down over her shoulders. Yeah. And he's like, get out. And she gets out. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see her shoulders. They're hideous. Yeah. Yeah. Those but, shoulders. But yeah, then you see her walk out and she kind of, you see her pulling it up, you know, like scandalously. And it's like, what is the point of that? Well, we find out when Lady Rose is getting lunch with Edith, Branson, and Mary. And there's photos of Atticus with this woman, which I found so completely ridiculous. I feel like cameras are not that discreet in 1924. Yeah, there would have been a massive flash because like she's there's high exposure in these photos that they show. Atticus would have known like, hey, what are you doing there with that camera? Get out of here. I mean, it probably wouldn't have changed the end result of the shame and the the turmoil. No, but he just like but he would have been like on top. You probably would have chased the guy down and beat him up or something. Yeah. Instead, he just closes the door in here and like shakes his head like, what was she up to? Instead of, hey, cameraman, what are you doing there? <laughs> And it, it, so he goes. This 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 scene. Mm-hmm. He confronts his father because he thinks his his father set him up reasonably. Yeah, yeah. And that's where we find out this whole like um, purity situation of the faith. Yeah. And then he he's all fired up about it. And then who it, is it? But Senator Reed didn't do it. That's the thing. He he yeah. as much as he's like fired up about the the purity. He's like, I didn't I didn't get that woman to take pictures. You know. <laughs> He should have. They, they should have had Stephen Avery play him because yeah. he could have said, "I didn't do it." Yeah, and it's funny because uh, Atticus and Rose are caught arguing out in public by uh, Mosley, uh, Daisy, and Baxter just going for a stroll from the museum, which I thought was going to loop back in some capacity, but no, yeah. just just uh, they're just like, know, "Oh, well, leave them be." <laughs> two ships passing in the night. Yeah, so so funny. So who is it? It's oh, uh, Shrimp- it's, it's Shrimpy. He confronts Sue and is like, "You did it." Yeah, because there's another scene prior where Susan is like, I need to access the, the post because I need to send a check. Yeah. And he's like, I called the company that you sent the money to, and I figured it out. No, he has a checkbook with like the, yeah. the and stuff. And then he called yeah. the, to find out what the company was. Yeah, yeah. So he, he knows. I mean, the stub doesn't say, you know, illicit photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to do a little... De- There's a lot of amateur detectives on that. Right. <laughs> and now Shrimpy's one of them. But well, he's actually tracking down Princess Kurgan. He's, yeah, yeah, he's, that, he's the real that's deal. That's his side job now that he's, like, poor. He's just, you know, doing his detective agency. Shrimpy's detective agency. <laughs> sure. I would watch that show. That'd be fun. Uh, but, uh, so the... Sue's not remorseful at all about this. She's just like, nah, they can't, they can't get married. She's like, look at us. Yeah. And so, you know, the wedding is about to go off. And, you know, without a hitch. And she plays her trump card, which is, hey, Shrimpy and I are getting divorced. We ain't staying together. And that fires up Lord Cinderby. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> this girl is barely purebred to begin with. Oh, man. And then Lady Cinderby flies in and is like, don't you even think about stopping this. Like, MVP yeah. moment of the night. Like, yeah. If, if you stop this wedding, I will divorce you. <laughs> yeah. Showing who wears the pants in that family. And it's just like, well... That's that. Sue doesn't get her way. Lord Cinderby has to deal with his son marrying a, a non-Jewish woman, and uh, that's that's that. You know, they're they're gonna be happily ever after. Hopefully, mm-hmm. um, that's pretty much that story. You know, it, there's a lot of drama, much to do about nothing. Yeah, there's a courthouse wedding, very modest for Downton standards, for sure. It is funny because didn't a couple episodes when when Shrimpy told Rose about how he was getting a divorce, mm-hmm. she was like. When I when it's time for me to get married, you need to be respectful of me. Yeah, and it's like Shrimpy kind of holds up his end of the bargain. Yeah, but in fairness, I think all four of those parents have every right to be like, you know, worried about it. 
Yeah. It's very quick. Right. But, you know. No time all, for adjustment. All uh, all power to the happy couple. And a great callback here where one of the ladies who are attending there goes up to Cora saying, like, it must have been so tough for you to, you know, watch her being given away, like, to a Jewish family or something. And Cora's like, well, you know. I'll remind you, my father is Jewish. And that woman's like, oh, oh no. But she's like, walks away. Great callback, though. Reminder, like, oh, yeah. Corey is that way, I guess. So there's a, a couple progressive characters on this show. Yeah, yeah. Go figure. So uh, that's yeah. really that, right? Yeah. So I guess you're wrong, Dave, about LaRose uh, being skeptical about getting married. Yeah. Well, I don't, I mean, it's good. I don't, doesn't look like they're, they're going to be a Jewish family, but yeah. They're progressive. Yeah. Poor, you know, it would have been hilarious if they show the, the band playing the wedding as Jack Ross. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh, my baby. Objectifies right there, you know. He's like, just weeping on stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I, I love Shrimpy when he um, approaches Sue about calling her, get get down, you cat. <laughs> he, like, holds her hand, right? Yeah, she, yeah. I hope this is the last time we see, see Susan. I mean, we said that last time we saw her on, for only one episode, but she is such a wet rag. Well, she's got to go back to Bombay, right? I hope so. They kept they they made several O'Brien references in this episode. Oh, I don't I don't I don't recall those because O'Brien is Susan's maid, right? Right? right. Or, um, lady's maid. Yeah, but it's funny though because like Susan kept saying like I can't wait to have my own house or whatever. <laughs> so maybe she's not going. She's back getting well. She's getting the money in the divorce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what was the Shrimpy's like? We don't have any uh, servants anymore. Yeah, and Susan's like, we probably shouldn't go talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my goodness. It's true. It's true. What a miserable character. Yeah. Uh I did like the Miss Cinderby being like, Oh, we got lost servants because we're Jewish and rich and we pay them well. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. Power to you. Good thank great character fleshing out Julian Fellows. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> Deal with it. Uh what else is going on upstairs? Uh we have some semblance of resolution as to uh tom branson moving to boston oh yeah he (laughs) keeps bringing it up throughout this episode like i'm gonna move to boston he's talking about his brother his cousin cousin wants to sell he wants to do farm machinery yeah because he sells he's a a mechanic of sorts yep and then he's i'm thinking about moving i'm thinking about moving and then the episode ends with him going i'll stick around until after christmas yeah 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 (laughs) It's it, a lot of it's just because everyone's begging him to stay. Like Mary's like, I will kill myself if I'm stuck with Edith, and Edith, yeah. Edith is like, you're the only one who understands me, Branson. And it's like, yeah, man, just just stick it out. Yeah, Mary says when you read in the paper, I was on trial for murder. No, it'll be your fault. Yeah, what's a man to do? What's a man to do with that? a brother-in-law? So much guilt being settled on him. All right, Branson. I guess we'll see you again next week. You ain't going anywhere yet. Yeah. Uh, another sort of simple upstairs storyline is yeah. Edith is the only parent who cares about their child, yeah, including Branson. Yeah, she's like, "Aren't you guys going to miss your kid when you're away?" And Mary's like, "Why would I miss my kid?" And it's like, "You are a heartless, Mary. Like, and, you, and you are not a good mother at all." I think the I forget exactly what point of the episode it happens, but mm-hmm. I think it might be the Cinderbees. They say like, "Oh, what?" Or Rose says, "What happens when we have kids?" And it's like, "Oh, they'll be raised by the nannies." Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Edith, only good mom. Go figure. Um, but it's funny. Throughout this episode, I, I love this plot where Robert's just like, there's something about that marigold. What is with her? I don't know. And he just keeps staring. And then finally at the end of the episode, he sees Edith hoisting up marigold. And he's just like, wait a second. It's, 
It's a great plot. <laughs> yeah, that's my granddaughter. And, and he it, says to Cora, that's my, that's my granddaughter, right? And she says, yep. And he goes, I'm glad there's a secret that I'm not on the outside of. Yeah. He takes it with such stride and class. Yeah, he's really prideful. He's he's actually excited at the prospect of having another granddaughter, which is like, yeah, Robert, be happy. Be happy for Edith for once. Yeah, I think we saw him take be very sympathetic with uh, Gregson. Yeah, yeah. And this is a really good continuation of him just being a decent dude. Right. I think he's turned a new leaf. Yeah, yeah, he's caring more. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, there is a good character beat where Edith is talking to Branson about... You know, what should I do next or what should I do with my time? And he was just like, work on the magazine. Do your job. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and Robert has a, a very brief scene where he's, this confused me. He's trying to sell the art that Bricker was interested in. Oh, yeah. Photographing. Yeah, yeah. And Cora is, just gets, she says, are you doing this because of the Bricker business? And he says he's doing it because he's ashamed of ev- how everything happened with him and Bricker. Or, he's or more Cora, how he felt towards Cora yeah, because of him. And it's... Yeah. Robert, we're seeing a lot of growth. He's learning. From, from Bob. He's learning. Bob Grantham. Bob yeah. Crawley. <laughs> also, a, a, a tombstone man comes in to make a tombstone for Isis. And he notices something on the tombstone, but I can't f- quite figure out what it is. What do you mean? I thought he was like, there's like a moment where he sees like John Smith or something. And he yeah, just... he's looking through the memorial book. And because he's like, you're my man who's made all the dog graves. <laughs> yeah, and then the guy's, and then he says, graves. what is this one? And the guy says, oh, that's a memorial for somebody who passed away. Oh, and that's where he gets the idea. So you see the the gears start clicking in his head and he goes, huh. Right, because that kind of ties into an upstairs downstairs storyline. Yeah, we could just get into that. It's another sort of whole episode one. Yeah. Patmore refuses to go to the unveiling of the war memorial, another season long arc. Yep. Because of her co- nephew, Archie, yeah. who was shot for cowardice. Right. And she's still protesting that they didn't do anything about it. Because he volunteered to go fight and everything. And then he was just like, nah, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And he died. So the whole episode, she's like, I'm not going. And then Robert has a scene where he goes down to talk to her. And he says, please do this for me. And she's real broken up about it. But she's like, fine, Lord Grantham, I'll do it. Wait, I don't remember that scene. No, she, yeah. He, she I, thought, go- I thought she goes up to talk to him and she, he's like, I understand for you not wanting to go or whatever. And there's the next, there's another scene later in the episode where he tells her like, you're going to want to be there. Yeah. And she's like, and he says, please, you know, do it for me. I'm asking you right. to do this personally. Mm-hmm. And she says, okay. And then we have this unveiling of a nice war memorial. Yeah. And then Robert waits for the opportune moment and says, can I have everyone's attention? Mm-hmm. And they walk, what, 10 feet? Yeah, outside the memorial. And the man who makes dogs graves. And there's a memorial to ISIS right there on the wall. Not quite. Nope. <laughs> it's for Archie. Yeah, right outside. And Pat Moore starts crying. It's a, it's a great phoned-in moment. Yeah. But it's beautiful. It's very appropriate. I like how they even say, this is very appropriate, where it's like, you know, he doesn't deserve to be on that, but right outside the wall... It's good enough. He got he got his own little piece. Well, it's it's a very uh, it's very progressive because you think Robert has been there since day one. As far he's the one that put out the feelers to find out what happened to Arch, Archie. Yeah. He's the one that you know when when Pat Moore was all upset about it being cowardice, he said, mm. you know he he's the one that calmed her down and said this you know the war is terrible and yeah who's to say why don't tell anybody it was cowardice. He's definitely been good to her. So this whole war memorial thing is definitely could have been 
not him being a good dude, but he went that extra mile again for Pat Moore. Kudos to Robert. Wouldn't it be funny if there's a reveal that like every other cook he's hated their food? <laughs> like, I got to keep Pat Moore happy. I don't want her leaving. She's the only one that gets it done. What else is going on upstairs? Um, Lady Mary, uh, bond about Brant's potentially leaving. Uh, other than that, she's on the outlines, just making snipes at Edith. And uh, Tony Gilliam shows up with Mabel yeah, Fox, geez. and they just announced that they're getting married and they'll be visiting uh, for the marriage. Uh, in the, and the Mary. dumbest scene, they literally come out of nowhere. Just, they come to like the reception at the London House, the Crawley yeah. House in London. Yeah. And that's it. It's, I, I was so ready to be done with Tony Gilliam. I don't yeah. need him back. And, and Robert looks over and is like disappointed that she's not going to end up with him. Like, imagine, what a nice couple. It's like, oh, come on, man. It's always nice to see Maybelline Fox, so I'm okay with that. Well, I, I hope this is it for them because I'm about done with them. Yeah. Well, I did some research actually on the actress who plays Maybelline Fox. I was like, she's a good actress. What, what else has she done? She's actually a, a novelist. She wrote like a bestseller last really? year. Really? Yeah, like a like a thriller noir book, um, something in the water. It, it's called, and hmm. uh, yeah, it's been a bestseller on like New York Times and everything. Wow! So, kudos to her, uh, Maybelline. Maybelline Fox. I had her name. Is it's Catherine Stedman? Yeah, that's what it is. So, kudos to her in writing books. All right. Anyways. Yeah. That's it for mostly upstairs, I think, this week, right? Yeah, downstairs there's a lot of... Uh, oh, wait, Violet gets a proposal. Oh, yeah, a proposal. <laughs> yeah. From it, Prince Kurigan. It isn't so much of a proposal as a like a demand, you know? Like, I'm not going to leave until you take my hand, pretty much. And, and she she's like, your wife could still be alive. I do not care about my wife. <laughs> yeah, it's between me and you. This is going down. Like, this, this is the last time this will happen, and then I will die. So it's a little thicker than that. A little, a little bit more a little heavy. More the... gra- I am Lord, Lord Kurigan. Prince Kurigan. <laughs> he's seen more stuff than you have, Dave. He's got uh, he's got great hair. Yeah, he's the world's most interesting man. <laughs> really, but is. at the same time, there's no world where I can see Violet with this like yeah hairy Russian prince. Yeah, I, I like that Miss Danker comes to wake uh, wake up um, Violet. And she's like, I got your lavender dress out for him. And she's like, oh, there's no need for that. And Danker's like, mm, I don't know. And that lavender dress does look good on Violet. So <laughs> hats off sure. to Kerrigan. And hopefully get, getting uh, Miss Violet's hand in marriage. Who knows? I don't think we'll so. We'll see. I wish those kids the best. <laughs> those kids? Those kids. <laughs> those 85-year-olds? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, imagine watching this episode though in like what is it a month or two later is the Christmas special that resolves all this how many people are just waiting with bated breath like will Violet end up with Prince Kurgan do we see this happen I don't happen? think anybody's waiting with bated breath for that <laughs> yeah this show is made for streaming really alright so downstairs there's a lot happening mm-hmm. there's a a, a brief storyline of Daisy wanting to put her notice in yeah, because she goes to London, she realizes there's art here. There's things going on. Thanks to Mosley and Baxter, <laughs> who knew? she is uh, such a third wheel, uh, Daisy to them too. It's like their kid. But it's also because like, um, you know, you ever have those friends that were like too embarrassed to start dating, so they ask you to come along just to not make it awkward. That's pretty much where Mosley and Baxter are at right now. Where it's just like, well, if we get Daisy to come along. It's not like we're dating or anything, you know? What do you? How old is Baxter supposed to be? I'd say Four? Fi- five or six years younger than Mosley. So like 40s? Yeah, mid-40s, I'd say. Well, she's done her time. She's lived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so yeah, they go to the art museum with her and they talk about how much better it is to see art in person and stuff. Yeah. And Daisy's just like, I want to get out of here. There's so much in the world to see. And she breaks this news to Pat Moore. Pat Moore, by the way, this week, who's doing the best work of her life. She They show her crafting some... That wedding baked, cake looks so good. Uh, ornate. Very pretty. Yeah, yeah. And Daisy's doing that too. Daisy's... They said, look at how good you are at this. Why abandon that? But Daisy's like... There's a calling. I need to go, you know, do more with my life. And it makes Pat more cry. Yeah, we catch Pat more bawling her eyes out. And what if she said, I wrote it down, she she says... She calls her like a twit or something. She calls her a haporth. H-A-apostrophe-P-O-R-T-H, which just means a dumb person. (laughs) Pat Moore said, uh, I can't tell you why. Daisy's like, why are you upset? And she says, I can't tell you. And she goes, why? He says, it wouldn't be fair to you. You daft Hapworth. I mean, Which she's not wrong. You, you dumb person. <laughs> she's, I mean, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> based on what we know about Daisy, it's not that far removed from the well, truth. She's, she's, she, she's not going to be a daft Hapworth not, very long. Yeah, not in a few months. Not by the next episode. To all of our uh, international listeners, do you use the phrase daft Hapworth? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Daisy, it seems like she's all ready to go. But, um,. Who is it? Uh, is it Robert who says, like, invite Mr. Mason to it or something? Or, or Pat Moore says invite Mr. Mason to it? Robert says get Mr. Mason a yeah. good seat because of uh, William's con- contributions to Downton. Right. So Mr. Mason's there, and Pat Moore is informing her, or informing him, oh, yeah, Daisy plans to leave this. And he's like, huh? And Daisy's like, oh, no, I'm sticking around. Just like Branson, who keeps, like, threatening to leave, Daisy's yep. actually sticking around because she wants to finish her studies first or complete her exams before she moves out. Yep, so that's it's good to see Mr. Mason as always. He's a breath of fresh air. Yep, Patmore's happy to hear that because she's going to lose her only friend. It's it's so it's a nice bit of storytelling where you know we've seen these two together and you know they acknowledge each other as being friends and stuff, but you never really see it until like oh she really cares about. It. I well, mean, it's Pat, like a mother daughter relationship, really, pretty much. So yeah, good good that they're sticking together for now. So I think. It's, what else? There's there's two other big downstairs stories. Yeah. Is that really all that we have left? Well, Sprat and Danker are still battling. Well, Danker has got the big story. Yeah. Well, so Sprat doesn't tag along to London, and he tries to hide a, a, a briefcase of the Dowagers to you know frame it like it was uh, Miss Danker's fault. But Miss Danker is sharp-eyed and is like, hey, isn't there a suitcase here missing? And Violet's like, yeah, isn't there? And... Sprat is none too pleased to have to go fetch it. Fine, I'll do it. <laughs> Sprat, who last week said he was handing in his two weeks' notice, <laughs> he's still here. So this is the show of people not leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Miss Danker's up to something. Miss da- and we finally with the debut of a character who has a movie poster, Andy. Yes, Andy. He looks like a guy who deserves a movie poster, doesn't he? No. I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not really. No. <laughs> so he's like a temp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instantly, Thomas has eyes for this boy. I, I shouldn't call him a boy. Man, <laughs> he has eyes for this man. Well, he sort of always wants to cling on to young men I think he wants there. to find out what the deal is. <laughs> That's what it really seems like. He wants to know, what is he working with here? I don't, I don't know if it's like that. I don't I know. I think he always wants the upper hand. He ca- Yeah, he casts a gaze, though, a strong gaze. Well, he's um, he doesn't have a minion because he we thought true. he had Baxter. He doesn't. O'Brien's long kinda, gone. They're pretty tight though, Baxter and him. Not Baxter's for, not his minion though. Yeah, not for evil. O'Brien was the minion. Yeah, not for evil. So, anyways, though, Danker wants to take Andy out in the town for whatever the reason. Yep. 
And, you know, they come back, and Andy is not happy with how it went. And Danger is drunk. She is. Well, she's not. We don't see her the first time, but they do. They go oh, out a yeah. second time, and Danger comes back. She is plastered. She is hooping. She's dancing around. She's like, where's the lady? I'm going to go do my job. And Hughes is like, calm down. Like, what is going on here? So Andy reveals that he's getting cleaned out at poker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Thomas is like, I know what's going on. I'm going to come along next time. Why Why would you try to sabotage Danker? He didn't work with Danker. Danker works at a different house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think I mean, I'm, I'm all about Barrow doing decent things and this, being a good guy. Yeah. But usually there's some sort of personal benefit. He's helping a temp. That's what leads me to believe it's a fatal attraction for this guy. Who knows? I have. I doubt it. <laughs> okay. Or maybe he's turned to leaf. You know, hopefully he, that's where, where he can just like kind of obstruct. You know what he's doing? He's choosing his path. Yeah. Yeah, where he can do uh, like uh, mess up other people, other people's lives, but while also serving a better good, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so the two of them, Barrow's like, I want to come. Yeah, and he's, he's Danker is Danker's so happy. Thomas is very cunning this episode. He's like, I'm going to regulate things here, and he goes about it so well. Like, yeah. So they they get into this like secret speakeasy, where Danker goes and gets loaded while. Uh, Andy gambles away his money, and Barrow wins. I don't. I, he doesn't. Pontoon. Don't th- Pontoon's his game. Yeah, he he wins. I don't know. Much I don't know about- how much money he wins, but he wins money. He, he wins g- enough. He, yeah. he gives it to Andy. Says yeah. go cash out. Yeah, and then he goes. And apparently the 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 thing is, if you bring somebody in to gamble, you drink free. Yeah. So he goes and he tells the owner. He says. She's found men outside the club mm-hmm. and tells them to say that they're with her and she gets in for free. Yeah. So in a simple and hilarious moment, mm-hmm. they're walking out and the guy says, Hey, Miss Danker, <laughs> you owe us for, what, four nights of drinking? Something like that. Or it was four pounds and two bills. And she just see her face or like, four, dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got to pay for this? And that's uh, really... Can you imagine playing like poker with Thomas? Like him with those seething eyes while you're sitting at a table with him? I'd be terrified of playing poker with that guy. Oh, yeah. He'd get he'd win my money. I'd be like, get out of here, you freak. Like, Ooh, Okay. Because he just looks like an angry, brooding dude. And then you also, you think, you look at like the table of cards. He's going to have that fake hand there on, on the cards. With the glove? Yeah, with the glove. I'd it's take like... the glove off if I was playing cards just to keep people's eyes off your hand. It, it would freak me out. I don't know what this guy's up to, what his history is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Watch out for Thomas at the table. He's a card shark. Uh, so yeah, that's that storyline pretty much. Yeah, good little moment from Thomas. Hopefully, it's a sign of uh, goodness to come. Yeah, yeah. And the big, oh my god, the big story. <laughs> I wish. Just when you thought it was over. Yeah. Sergeant Willis comes back. Yep. And he's like, "I want you at Scotland Yard tomorrow, Anna." Oh, we're going to be in London. All right, perfect. They're just going to go to Scotland Yard. They're like, let's put this all, let's resolve this. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. And they don't even inform them what, what it's about. They just want them there. Mr. Bates is like, I'm coming too. And it's like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Lo and behold, it's a freaking line for identifying who may have killed Mr. Green. Because they found out about Mr. Green. He had a type for uh, assaulting women. He's a serial rapist. Yeah. Young, slight women. He was just attack them and uh yeah they they have anna stand in a line and they have a man come in and identify who who it could have been and you know they leave it at that for then but the entire time mr bates is in the room he's jocking 
he's like staring down Willis. He's just like, what do you think you're doing? Like he he wants to throw bows on this guy. You can tell he wants to beat this man up. Mm-hmm. But he's just, he just can't do anything but jock. He's just standing 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 there, just staring him down. And guess what? What? Anna's identified. She's the murderer. Which is so absurd. Like this is just completely you know playing out the string here. It's like we all know Anna didn't do it. Anyone watching the show? So why are you going to put this put us through this, Julian? And you know she didn't. We you know we know she didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So what? What do well, you? The cops kind of want Anna to admit that she was raped. Yeah, which is so wrong. Which is, it starts the whole jacking with uh, uh-huh. Bates. She's like, how dare you? Oh, man. And then they come to arrest Anna, and like Robert comes down with his robe on. Mm-hmm. He's like, Bates, calm down, Bates. Yeah. Bates is ready to throw down with the cops there. Yeah, yeah. I want to watch that. Yeah. I mean, these people had plans. They were going to go inspect their, their house down in London and stuff like that. And now, you know, they got other things in their way. Yet again. Yet again. Poor Bates's. I know. That's, and they say that too. It's like, man, that's a cursed family, isn't it? It's like, yeah. <laughs> and then Mr. Bates is at the memorial unveiling. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you don't want to be here. Get out of here. Yeah. Go brood. Brooder's brood. Well, he's got his, his badges on and everything. He's got to do his duty. Yep. Man, that, that's thoughts out to that family. <laughs> yep. All right. See you at Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's most of the, the storylines for this episode. Yeah. This was a good episode. Yeah, this is, I don't know if it's one of the best finales, but just because the Lady Rose marriage is kind of something in and of, of itself. It's not resolving too much. It's just mm-hmm. kind of a, we need a big event to cap off the season, and this is what it is. It does. It does solidify Rose as not the not really the most important character. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, it just seems so forced. Yeah, yeah. Even you know, like we neither of us would have assumed that this would be the wedding ep- episode. No. Like when it started, I thought I, I said, "Is is Isabel getting married to?" dickie merton right now yeah and it's like oh no 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 it's rose and they refer to that during this episode like what about lord merton and stuff and they just kind of like oh you know we'll see so this must be a very short timeline yeah that you know she's still appropriately concerned about the dinner maybe sprat did give us two weeks notice somewhere within that two weeks (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe Uh, everybody who said they're gonna leave is just in the grace period of their their departure yeah oh we do get one good beat here with um Carson talking to Mary where he says, you know what? That Gillingham, he wasn't man enough for you. You know, like Mm -hmm. just like that Tony Braxton song, like he was not man enough for you. And, you know, one day you'll meet a man and, you know, he'll meet the mark. And it was was just a nice moment to remind you that Carson once said, there's nothing like getting a kiss on the cheek from Lady Mary. Yep. And he loves Lady Mary. (laughs) Yep. And didn't he say, you know, she's not man enough. He's not man enough for you. And she said, Oh, that's nice that you say that, but I don't know. And she, she says, yeah, you do. Yeah, you know what I mean. So good good looking on Carson. Yeah. Also, Robert, we also see, uh, also part of his growth, he plans to sell uh, Della Francesca uh, for some money to help fix up the cottages in the area. So that's the art, the piece of art? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So that's where it's tying up? Yeah, which is like, good on you, Robert. It'd be great if he sold it to Bricker and spit <laughs> on it. Just like that that painting that the guy was real high on drugs and went and that tried to fix it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. that old church. Oh right, <laughs> the the messy all messed it all up. Yeah. Um. So what what's some uh, some story points or story uh, quotes from this episode or anything? Uh, let's let me look. Oh, we have another. They're playing snakes and ladders in the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, 
She says, she says, let her win. He said, Donk, I need to go. He's, don't call me Donk. Yeah. I don't like actually them calling Robert Donk. It's so silly. Um, I'm sorry that you don't like the way babies behave. <laughs> yeah. 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 Julian Fellows, great writer for, for non Christian characters and great writer for babies. <laughs> Who knew, Julian? Who knew? Uh, love may not conquer all, but it can conquer quite a lot. I think that's a, that's a violet quote. Kurrigan, in regards to Princess Kurrigan returning, he says, I won't change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't care if my wife is back. I want you. Yeah. Lord Sindeby refers to Rose as a shit, sir. And uh, Robert refers to seeing Marigold as deja vu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All part of this, like, the way the camera lingers on Robert, just like looking mystified. It would like, be great if it had the camera, like, panned around him and there was a lens flare as he squinted. At Marigold, a little J.J. Abrams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, figuring things out. <laughs> Putting it all together. Or it's just like Davis and Butthead where their TV gets stolen in the movie and the camera just figures it out for him. So it's Tinker, or T- Danker, that says, who gives a Tinker's cuss about the maze? Yeah. Uh, oh, Sue, after she fails to, you know, derail the wedding, am I expected to be a good loser? <laughs> and Dowser Council says, it's too late for that, my dear, which is the perfect, like, barb to throw in there. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of talk about, you know, there's not going to be much need for footmen in the near future. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love when uh, Willis comes in there and he says something to Miss, and Mary's like, I'm not a Miss, I'm Lady Crawley. And he says, I don't care if you're the Queen of the Upper Nile. And you, you see how huffed she is. She is not happy about that at all. Which actually, after being so rude to Edith all the time, I'm kind of nice, okay with her being put in her place for a moment. <laughs> Mary? or Mary, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So let's get to these power rankings. Yeah. Dave, who who's down for you? Lord Cinderby is number three down. That's fair. That's because he's not happy. Okay. I I, I hear you. I, I just feel like we're not going to see him much after this episode, so. Well, they all did get invited to the Cinderbys for the holidays. That's true. That is true. That's fair. Well, to that point, since we, uh, this is the second time we've seen her, number three is Sue. Susan's my number two. Yeah. She didn't get, she didn't derail the wedding. She didn't get it done. She's she tried to sabotage Atticus. Yeah. She tried twice. Yep. Her family is siding with Shrimpy. Yeah. She's true. She's a loser. Yeah, that's fair. She is a loser. Uh and number two, I have Miss Danker. Yeah. <laughs> she gets caught out for being a drunk. She makes a fool of herself, honestly. If there was four spots, she'd be number four for me. Yeah, she's such a loser this episode. <laughs> she's lots <laughs> of losers. A lot of losers. The number one loser is Anna. <laughs> she's going to jail. <laughs> I mean, come on. It doesn't get any wrong, more wrong than that. She doesn't deserve to be, but she's she'll be there. Yep. Yep. She's going to come out, and her and Bates are going to just nod at each other and understand. <laughs> yeah, they know some skills now. Who do you got going up? Who's your number three up? All the way up, we got Patmore. I got Patmore number three, too. Yeah. She's got Daisy sticking around. She got the memorial for her her nephew. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at number two, I got Robert. I got Rose at number two. Oh, because oh, you're seeing the light. Yeah, last week, I had Rose at number one because she got engaged. You got to give the, wet, the, the wedding character some love. Why do you have Robert at number two? Just the growth we talked about, you know, this is like really like a, a good solid week for him, and just like the pride he has in learning he has a granddaughter and stuff. Like, good for Robert, you know, he, he's making strides. Yeah, yeah. Rose doesn't do much in this episode, but no, she just gets married. Gets married, so that's number two. Things happen to her. So who's your number one? Uncle Uncle Thomas. 
Okay. Ask for Uncle Thomas. So he said he tells Andy because he he really is like such a like a he susses out the situation quickly and he gets it done. <laughs> he tells him ask for Uncle Thomas. All right. And that's where it's literally like you know the end of like a, a comic book movie. Like next time you need me anywhere, just call Uncle Thomas. Him his car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So good on Thomas. He, he he really you know he gets it done. All right. Well, I got the. Uncle Robert. Wait, why, why, why is he call say call me Uncle Thomas? Because he's not interested in him. But at the same time, Julian Fellows has got to know there's a book called Uncle Tom's Cabin, and it's just not a good connection to think. Uncle Thomas. I know it's Uncle Thomas. Just don't use the, the white person. I know. Just don't. Just don't. It's just weird. It's we so see weird. this episode. Julian's not great with with that's true. Race. He only, he's only good with writing for Jewish people. Yeah, only, and babies. only for Christian people. Yeah. It's like, wait, you mean I had, I can't write for white Christian adults anymore? You can't, Julian. You can't. Wait, so who's your number one, Dave? Robert. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, there we go. Why were so, you? You were questioning me, like, why number two? It's that, conversation. Okay. That's the point of the point. Well, then why number one? Because he helps with Patmore. Okay. Big character term. Sure. The moment he figures out Marigold is <laughs> classic. Yeah. And uh, selling the art. You know, he's just a good dude. Yeah. It's a solid Robert episode. Great Robert season, I would say. Yeah. Big comeback Fights. show for him. <laughs> Yeah. Redemption. Firefighter, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Good year for him. And we'll see if that carries through through Christmas. Yeah. All right. So if you want to follow us, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, there's Spotify. But there's also Apple iTunes if you want to leave us a review on there. Yeah. You can also still use, always appreciating those five stars. We really do. Even four stars, too. But you know, five is nice. If, you're, if you've listened to this show for all, uh, like a year and change at this point. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah that, that's our that's our reasoning that's our you know if we have to make a pitch to you why do you why do you guys just, leave us a five star just, just, just come on, on. <laughs> come on hook us up we yeah. deserve it yeah but if you listen on stitcher that's fine too yeah wherever you listen if they have a rating system rate us sure yeah and uh, uh just you, don't don't do luminary because they they yeah, are stay we, away from we're luminary. gonna cease and desist them we're gonna get kevin on the line we're gonna write that that letter yeah yeah, and uh, buy your copy of Agent Gates or download a PDF, however that's possible. Find a way to do it because it's worth it. Yeah, and we'll talk about that next week. Yep, and all the social medias: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Gmail, all that fun stuff. Patreon, if you have some money, yeah, you'd like to share, yeah, and all that you know. And we'll catch you next week on the Lords of Grantham. Bye. <laughs>